What's up everyone and welcome to episode 56 of the Justin Inside podcast. My name is Tim Birkbeck, I am a writer, I am a lover of films, music and wrestling, but most importantly of all, I am your body and vehicle through this podcast. Um, I'm going to keep this intro nice and short this week because we are on a WWE uh, pay-per-view roundtable, a uh, roundtable of two this week. Um, and also because I don't really have a lot to tell you guys this week, so you don't have to hear, well, you have to hear my voice throughout the show, but you don't have to hear my voice rambling on about this, that, and all the other stuff. Um, but yeah, for one thing I do want to mention is, again, massive thank you for all the feedback for last week's episode with Serena. Um, it seems to be that since the introduction of doing these little ones-ones, rather than uh, band-focused people seem to be connecting with them a lot more which was which is really cool um so thank you for that um yeah i'm just gonna go straight into it um i'm joined by callum millwood for our review of wwe fastlane which happened on sunday um quick precursor before i go into it um i do mention this in the show but there was kind of a i, th- I don't know if the clocks in the u.s either went forward or back but the usual start time, obviously, here in the UK for a pay-per-view is about 1am. Um, but because of the change, it was uh, at midnight. And a lot of people, uh, myself included, didn't really realise this. So missed uh, a chunk of the beginning. Callan missed, I think, the first two matches. Um, so, yeah, we, we do kind of skim over it a bit more than, than usual. Um, but, yeah, I'm going to gonna leave it at that, let you enjoy our chat about uh, Fastlane and as always if you want to kind of join in the discussion hit us up on Twitter uh, it's at just underscore and underscore insight um, and let's have a little chat but for now uh, enjoy mine and Callan's view on WWE Fastlane and I'll see you on the other side So uh, once again, we have a WWE pay-per-view, the last stop before WrestleMania, which was WWE Fastlane. Uh, joining me this time round, we've only got a one-man roundtable, but what a man he is, uh, <laughs> Callum Millwood. Callum, thank you for jumping in straight after your shift from work and, and joining me. No worries, mate. That's, it's all part of the grind, isn't it? <laughs> well, as as discussed before, sort of we hit recording. Both of us kind of fell victim to poor. Well, I don't know if it's poor timing schedules from our end or WWE not announcing it, but uh, obviously American time zones went forward or back, one or the other, which meant live we both kind of missed the the beginning of of this pay per view, but. I had the the privilege of going back, but before we get into all of that, as usual, Callum, what was your kind of view of the pay per view as a whole? Uh, do you know what? I went in with like very low expectations to this pay per view, but I actually I think I enjoyed it as a whole as a as a pay per view. Um, yeah, there's some bits that I kind of snoozed over, but to be honest, like as a whole, I quite enjoyed it. I didn't think it was a bad pay per view. Yeah, I don't think it. I don't think it like. Uh, but like you know, it wasn't like a barn burner. But I think it was still good. You know. Yeah, I agree. I think there was a lot of kind of uh, scene setting, in my opinion. So that there's a lot that they've kind of set up for for WrestleMania, which is obviously what they needed to do. Um, but again, it wasn't something that they it wasn't exactly blown out of the water as, as you say. There were some cool moments, some 
not so which we will get into as always um but yeah i think it was a the, the kind of perfect sort of precursor to wrestlemania in my opinion yeah i think that's i think that's a very good way of putting it pretty much you know yeah. it, 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 there was nothing like crazy uh well i mean there was stuff that set up mania but i mean in terms of a fundamentally a, pay, a wwe pay-per-view it was, it was good you know? yeah well We'll go straight in. Did, did you see any of the first match at all? Uh, it was the pre-show. Or... Uh, what? No, because I, I didn't see any of the pre-show whatsoever. Okay. So uh, Shinsuke Nakamura against uh, Rusev. Sadly, I missed. I'm again. I missed the entire match. That match. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. Well, as a, I kind of missed the the initial of it live, but I had the had the day off work today, so I was able to go back. Um, this quote unquote rivalry has kind of started, obviously with because of uh, Shinsuke doing uh, King Shaza to Aiden, making him lose his voice. So the big pop to, to the big pop to start the show was Aiden English coming out clearing his throat, which which instantly got everyone in the mood, which was which I thought was a nice little touch. Um, and then Aiden English proceeded to do a rap, which was was something quite unusual. Which what? but. Yeah, it was not like proper rap, but oh, okay. it was it was still it was still very entertaining. And then obviously, the big Rusev Day chant at the end to to get the man out himself. Um, but the match itself was was a pretty decent opener, to be honest. I think WWE have obviously invested a lot in Shinsuke now that they've put him in that top mania position, and it, it kind of feels like they finally pulled the trigger with him because when he did that when he first moved up to the main roster I think we've discussed this before that there was just something either he wasn't fully investing in himself or the WWE just weren't letting him go full Shinsuke Um, and I think over the last couple of months we've finally started to see that kind of come out and in this match personally I felt that that was very very evident um Spot wise, there wasn't anything massive throughout the duration of the match until the kind of closing five ten minutes, where uh, there was a couple of really good like matchka kicks from from Rusev that looked like they just completely sparked um, Nakamura out. Yeah. Um, and then the the uh, there was a bit where he was going for the accolade and uh, Shinsuke managed to sort of reverse it really well. And then the actual ending was. The um, Nakamura did a King Shaza to the back of Rusev's head, and then a normal one to get the the one, two, three. So that was kind of the the match in a in a nutshell. But obviously, I know you didn't get the chance to kind of see it. But what's your kind of views on on Nakamura at the moment? Because I know, as I said, we had the discussion before that there was kind of a bit of a disconnect when he first moved up to the main roster. But it kind of, as I've said, this match particularly because of the this is the last big platform before Mania. It it finally feels like he's filled that role that he should have done back when he got first got called up. Mm, yeah, no, I, I agree. Like I feel like um, uh, yeah, early on on the main roster there was some kind of un, you know um, questionable kind of decisions, and I, I don't think it's necessarily his fault. Like, it feels like they were trying to. Um, have a more reserved um, Nakamura, if that makes sense. So, like, they weren't ha- letting him be that King of Strong style, what everyone had kind of got used to within NXT and also New Japan Pro Wrestling. Yeah. Um, so, 
yeah, I mean, since then, it feels like they finally kind of found... A, I wouldn't even say it's like he's gone back to that full strong style potential that he has had beforehand. Um, he's now currently at a place where he's still... Um, he's wrestling good quality matches, and I think uh, in, in some respect, it's kind of doing well for him. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. If he wants to go out and have a hard-hitting match, to be honest, I think we'll probably see that at Mania. Um um, he, he will, you know, he, he, we've seen it. But um, uh, I think he's really improved on his storytelling and I'm glad to see the company's invested in I feel like since he had that John Cena match last year that he's, they've kind of really just let him do his thing in terms of as a performer. Um, yeah, I, fe- I feel like they finally got it. You know, I feel like <laughs> yeah. they finally kind of know what they're doing with him now. And I think, um, you know, since the Rumble... Um, they kind of know exactly what they should be doing with him and what the perfect match would be for him on the grandest stage of them all. So mm. I think I think they've got it now. You know, and I, th- I think something that was quite interesting that you said there was obviously he's still not that kind of the king of strong style that obviously everyone knows him for. But it's almost kind of like he's the WWE version of that sort of thing. Not not saying that. WWE've toned him down at all because we we know obviously he still can he's a hard hitter and stuff but to he's it's almost like he's finally kind of adapted to the WWE style where he can produce the the strikes when he needs to but not literally knock someone's head off kind of thing yeah yeah no I think that's that's a very fair um, way of putting it like he's I think he's just found that good balance at the moment and mm. I think. Um, I think you know right now it's exactly what you should. Like, I mean, I'd love to see him kick someone's literal head off. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think this is a good, good medium at the moment, and it's still really an entertaining um, product. It's not like a discredit. Say, he's not as hard hitting. It's he's he, you know he, as a performer, he's great still, and I think he's got a good balance at the moment anyway. Mm. And obviously, we're a lot of what we're talking about will be mania implications and obviously one of the the most over people at the moment is rusev so uh, unfortunately he's kind of one of those people that seems to be a little bit lost in the pack at the moment but i can't remember where i heard it or someone made the comparison but he's kind of like the modern day daniel bryan with the whole rusev day thing being likened to to the yes movement so do do you foresee him having a a place on the on the mania card because I think obviously fans will want to see him there, but where where does he currently fit in? Because all the storylines at the moment are all kind of being tied up, especially title picture wise. So I, I, unfortunately, I don't see where he fits in. Yeah, um, I, I'm a bit bummed that they haven't. It's clearly so over right now, and um, it it seems like the company's not as invested in what the fans are. Like, loving right now um, I I really do hope they find something fun for him to go into but I think realistically you're looking at him being in that battle royale probably Yeah. Um, I don't see him being uh, in you know anything big for the show That that I mean this is the issue I mean it's not an issue but like since the brand split it's been really hard to kind of squeeze every single person on to the Wrestlemania despite it being about 20 hours long now <laughs> yeah. um, I hope I hope they find something for him I can't think where he can go going forward though is, who's 
who's who's got nothing going on on Smackdown yeah. right now. I don't know. Um, fuck knows. Yeah, it's, it's really hard. To, really hard to kind of picture where they can put in next. Really. Yeah, that's that's the thing. Because I my thought was obviously the um, Andre Battle Royal as well, and maybe him him winning that. But obviously, we know from years gone past, winning that means jack shit nowadays. It's a shame because I mean that whole concept did mean well when it debuted it at WrestleMania 30 it didn't mean feel like it meant something and I feel like I think I've spoken about this before I can't remember now but um, I feel like they could make that battle royal mean something rather than it just being here's everyone in a, in a match yeah. at Mania you know and I feel like they could put over the like I think um, Hogan did a fairly good job when they debuted it because he basically talked about the importance of uh, Andre the Giant's legacy and what um, you know, and I feel like if they just push that again with like other legends as well, just talk about make it feel legitimate. Yeah. Like, just talk about Andre's legacy because it's meant to be a tribute to him. The match, isn't it? So um, I feel like they could, it, it could mean something. And I felt like when Cesaro won the first one, it really meant something. So um, they, I mean, since Mo, I mean, I think Barrett was it Barrett won the other year. Yeah. He did a good. I think he did an okay job. Um, Mojo, I don't know what they wanted to do with him. No. Like, yeah, um, it, it, mm, <laughs> they, they really, like, put it this way, like, I thought a couple months ago, Mojo might be getting another little push in that um, US title tournament. Cause yeah. I thought, we, I thought he was actually all right in it. Um, but since then, uh, he, well, he's on the pre show for this pay per view, so it goes to show what's going on there, really. Yeah. And um, one thing that has just kind of come to my mind, obviously, you saying about it meaning something obviously the i think it's a couple of nights before i think it's the night before the hall of fame maybe the the documentary obviously airs on hbo so maybe this year they might put a bit more emphasis on on it again because they, they've obviously been hyping the the andre documentary so much so you never know that that could come to fruition that way yeah i mean i'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing that doc yeah I've same heard, like amazing things about it so um yeah, I, I, it would make sense, yeah. But this is WWE, so they might not put two and two together and just <laughs> yeah. set up a match for the, for the fun of it, but no. We'll cool. see, we'll have to see. Cool, well, we'll move on to uh, the United States title match between uh, Bobby Roode and Randy Snorton. Um, literally, I think everyone said this. This was such a boring match, and it went on way too long. Um but one thing I did like was the the kind of technicality of it was that they kept reversing each other's moves. They kept obviously like the big moves. So there was uh, early attempts to go for the RKO, early attempts to go for the glorious DDT. They were both reversed. Other signature moves were were easily reversed. So it had that kind of technical wrestling feel to it. But it was just it just felt so laboured and so I don't know because. Whenever Rude had the the momentum going, it kind of finally felt like there was a bit of pace to the match. But as soon as Rude, uh, sorry, Orton was on on the offense, for me personally, it just it just felt really slow. And I know that's kind of part of his character. But when you've got two guys like that, there needs to be a bit of bit of spark. But yeah, I I just this was dull as dishwater for me. What what did you think? I again, I I missed this one sadly. Oh okay. But, um, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's the issue with Randy Orton is they say he's he's so like 
buttery smooth. And, um, you know, if the, he says, oh, they say, oh, if, if he makes it look easy, then he's an amazing wrestler. But I just don't know if that's true. I, I find his wrestling style very boring, and he just he does like to take his time. So I can understand why people would think that ma- uh, think that going into this match anyway. Um, I this rivalry for me was was it like set like two weeks ago? Yeah, pretty much. Like that. Um, yeah, I, I wasn't wasn't that excited about the feud, but I felt like it was kind of the right place to put uh, Bobby Roode um, at this time. Uh, you know, being the US champion, I feel like as a opponent, um, Randy Orton makes sense. You know, obviously he's one of the most decorated champions they have in the company, and it's it's a good kind of way to you know give Bobby the rub, despite being new and uh, he's still a veteran. You know, Bobby, but like still. Um, but yeah, I thought it, you know I obviously heard the result and stuff. And, yeah. Uh, surprised by it, I thought like I felt like maybe this this would carry to Mania or something like that. But um, yeah, um, that's all I have to say. No, no, that's again, cool. I missed the, the <laughs> well, there was there was a couple of cool like well I say cool spots. There was a um, there was a, like a sunset flip bomb off off the top from. Uh, Rude to to Wharton, which was was pretty cool, and then to, going to back to the kind of the two guys one upping each other. Um, Orton did a superplex, which looked r- quite uncomfortable to be honest. Like Rude basically just like fully bounced off the mat, so that was a, a little bit uncomfortable. And there was it seems to be a running theme of uncomfortable bumps throughout this this event. I, I heard this match went on forever as well. Yeah, like, in terms, I, I mean they gave him loads of time. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know how long exactly, but for as I say, for I get obviously again we've we've mentioned Orton's sort of style is methodical, but as is rude. So when you have two people like that, it 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 maybe wasn't that long, but it just felt so long as well. Um, but the one thing that has has got me like fair play to WWE investing in in Orton, obviously. 16 years in the company he's held every belt now minus the universal championship but obviously they count that as a world title so um but yeah it's like fair play in in that aspect that he is now a grand slam champion and everything and i think the only other person that's currently on the books that sort of held in that regard is john cena but that being said when they were doing the the jewel chance and whatever, there was there was part of halfway through the match, I think it was, there was a bit where there was a bit of a pause and the crowd just went nuts because they were chanting RKO rather than Randy Orton. And it, it just dawned on me, it, it's not him that people like, it's the move. <laughs> the move's more open than that. Yeah, which, which is ridiculous because... It just I think that just speaks volumes for, for where Randy is held in, in wrestling fans' regard now because people don't care about him. They just want to see him hit that one move and then fuck off sort of thing. And, again, it was quite a cool RKO that finished the match. Uh, Bobby went for, like, a second rope. I don't know what he was going for, like, maybe shoulder tackle or something. Okay. Uh, and Orton just obviously turned it around into an RKO, which was... It was it aesthetically looks really cool, but again, like it's it's one move, and it's it's just weird how that is. It's so over compared to yeah. 
the wrestler that uses it. It's bizarre. But um, yeah, yeah, I think no, it's it's it's, it's a very. No, I was going to say it, you're right completely. Like he's he's at this place now where I, uh, he I think he's like the definition of a complacent wrestler. Yeah, I mean, he's like obviously he's, he's his payroll is going to be he's is amazing every year. He's just <laughs> yeah. going to be there. He's going to be there forever. You know. Um, it's hard to believe that he's so decorated as well. Like he's like, was he the second most decorated current active yeah. wrestler on their roster, just behind John Cena? Like he's got like thirteen more title wins, and it's just silly. Like I, I, I can't think of anything that got me really excited in the past like five years. He's done. No. Like, I mean, his Seth Rollins feud was alright, but that was that's all I can say. You know, like I can't can't think of anything exciting he's done. You just he, 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 you see it on his face he's a bit bored. Yeah, no, I agree. And but the only thing that kind of gave me a glimmer of hope was that that if looking back that as you say he's just behind uh, Cena in terms of how decorated he is. So maybe like with all the the current sort of quote unquote young stars that are coming through, then we might see sort of. WWE kind of investing in those guys to the same extent that they've invested in a Cena and, and an Orton so maybe someone like Seth who's already held multiple world titles and various other belts, potentially Finn later down the line but it, it gives you a glimmer of hope in in that aspect but um, yeah there's not really much more to, to add than this match but apart from this was kind of the ver- first uh, very obvious what's going to happen at Mania sort of thing. So, obviously, Randy Orton wins, gets the becomes the new US champ, and then out comes Jinder Mahal. Uh, Jinder hit... Did he hit the Coloss? I can't remember. Well, he went to hit the Coloss on, on Orton, and Bobby Roode... Yeah, no, that was it, yeah. So, uh, Jinder went to hit the Coloss on Orton, Bobby came out and stuffed him, Glorious DDT to Jinder, and then Bobby picked up Orton and Glorious DDT'd Orton. So okay. we're obviously going to have a three-way for the US title at Mania. So that now means a three-way for the Intercontinental and a three-way for the US title. Um, coincidentally, though, the IC title is a lot more appealing than the participants in the US title match. Yeah. So fingers crossed that we get something a bit more exciting out of these three if that is the way that they go to get with a with a triple threat it sounds like a freeway manias on the horizon yeah it's it's crazy obviously we'll we'll talk about the other stuff that comes up but it seems to be triple threats galore going on for for this year's mania <laughs> uh, classic <laughs> Well, we'll move on to to the next match, which was uh, the women's tag match between uh, Naomi and Becky versus uh, Natalia and Carmella. Um, off the bat, before we get into the match, one thing that I took away from this was how much Carmella has improved. Um, there was, I think, there was rumours going around that people thought that Carmella was going to cash in at Fastlane because... Uh, I can't remember who it was, but somebody said that WWE, before the event, had kind of put something on their Instagram about it. Um, And throughout the the pre-show and even this match, they kept kind of bigging up Carmella 
still holding that that briefcase so who knows we, we could get another Seth Rollins incident at Mania but um, but ju- in just terms of her performance I think she's finally kind of figured out who her character is like the horrible like screeching screams but yet still being quite sort of rough yeah. and ready when she wants to to sort of get down and dirty kind of thing is uh, it's she's for and for me that's kind of what had been lacking in her since especially since Ellsworth kind of was off the books kind of thing when she had to go out alone she kind of felt a little bit lost so yeah. it's nice to see her kind of finally flourish so have you seen an improvement from her I uh, yeah 100% she's um I, I think you can see she's way more confident with her character now and um since um yeah since I guess Alice was left I feel like it was a deliberate move like away from Ellsworth to kind of not just be a chicken shit heel and it feels like a, she's obviously those tendencies are still there but she feels like more of a legitimate athlete rather than just someone who's going to get squashed um and it's amazing like what a few wins can do as well like you know I think she's looking really good at the moment um I it, it I'm, like as a side note I'm baffling like how far this division's come like in the past two years like to the point now where um a match like this for instance it feels like that these women are now like really hungry for that top spot because there's so much going on in the upper card for the women's division alone now there's like um obviously you've got um your you know your oscar and charlotte who's at the top of the card your uh alexa bliss and um you know ronda's up there at the moment and then it's like all these other women like you got Becky Lynch who's like an amazing uh, athlete and you got like um, Carmella I think is one of the most underutilized women they have like I think her her like unique style of offense is so good like mm. um, c- compared to most of the women it's like the, it feels like it, it, all the women are so hungry now for that top spot and I feel like this match was almost like a showcase for you know for who we could see or trying to get there going forward to that you know upper top spot before it was literally like here is the women's division there's only one spot but now it feels like there's so many people just competing for that spot you know and I think it's healthy it, obviously it's really healthy and it's great mm. um, so I, I really enjoyed this match I, would, I literally had no expectations going in but I thought every woman in this match looked great you know um, and everyone looked hungry for it as well so yeah fair fucks <laughs> and also fair fucks WWE for not making the money in the bank holder lose the match because they always do that they're like you know going into something like Mania they always go oh they, they've been losing loads they can cash in and just win the title though can't they yeah so, so I think it's, I think they did the right thing making Carmella look strong because if she is going to be a future champion she's going to have to um you know they got to give her kind of these this um, uh, I guess make her look strong. That's yeah the, the most simple way of saying it. But yeah, yeah. No, I really enjoyed it saying that. No, I I totally agree. Like I again had no kind of expectations going into this match. It was obviously thrown together like really quick, literally the thir- the Tuesday before kind of thing. So it wasn't really kind of thinking much of it. The only thing I will disagree with you upon this was. Again, for me, Becky Lynch just 
I don't know what it is. Just oh yeah, I forgot you're not not a fan. Well, I, the thing is, I'm I'm a, I am a fan, but it's just for some reason, just there's something of 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 late that there's just not connecting with me for some reason, and. I think there was a part where she she finally got the hot tag off Naomi, and just there was just just nothing like there was a, a, a little flurry, but then kind of Natalia and Naomi, uh, sorry Carmella were kind of back on it straight away, sort of thing. And I just I don't know, it just kind of feels like because they've got such strength and depth in the women's division at the moment, like not not necessarily just on SmackDown, but across the board that. For someone who was held in such high regard when the women's revolution kind of kick started, obviously being the first SmackDown Women's Champion, is she's kind of almost been knocked down by how hungry everyone else is. Um, and I don't like. Obviously, we've seen with Sasha and Bailey on Raw that they're kind of finally getting their their time to kind of breathe with them too and I think that's what what Becky needs is that she needs a feud away from the title that isn't just well we've got a title picture here's all the other women sort of thing and that that kind of feels where where Becky is at the moment she's just kind of lumped in with well this is who else we've got kind of thing so I think she needs to either turn heel which I don't know who would, if necessarily would work because obviously she's she's really over with like the young fans, or she needs to have a feud with, may, maybe with Carmella or someone just to kind of build both their characters back up. I think. Yeah, I, I would like that. I mean, I'm. I wouldn't like to see it like with um, Natalia or like Naomi again. I feel like they told the stories with those feuds. Yeah. Carmella makes sense. I think yeah. I'm right. Um, as a, like a subfeud on SmackDown, considering how this is, the, I guess this is a running theme with the the brand at the moment. SmackDown is uh, there's not much depth at all in terms of the the whole show, right? Yeah. Second, um, so that's why you have seen like matches like Bobby Roode, Randy Orton go on for like forty five million <laughs> yeah. hours or whatever. Um, because, I mean, they've just got to fill the time somehow, haven't they? Um, yeah. But uh, I think they can have some really good sub-feuds on SmackDown. And, and this, I feel like, even though this kind of match was thrown together last minute, it's worked out. Um, I don't know where they can go going forward, though. I don't know. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if they just, like, kind of have Becky working with one of the Riot Squad to kind of put them over a bit um, going forward. I don't know. We'll have to see. But... Um, yeah, no, I, um, I thought it was all right. But yeah, I, I think, you know, the star of the match was obviously Carmella. I think she's just come on so far in the past, like, um, six months alone. Yeah. You know, she's she's great at the moment, I feel like. And uh, again, it kind of going back to sort of Rusev, obviously with the, you've got the two, obviously, women's titles, then you've got Ronda with Kurt, Steph and, and Triple H, the potential of... of a Becky Bailey match, maybe, um, but do do you think that obviously all the other women that are there, there's potential for a similar kind of battle royal just to get get all the other women on the card, maybe? Because I think uh, of, uh, it's not an ideal situation, but I think it's a good way to kind of a, another first, another big mania moment to 
to kind of have them all like maybe like a, a Raw v Smackdown kind of thing I don't know um, I would quite like that but then I think they tend to save that kind of vibe for Survivor Series now don't they the yeah. kind of supremacy stuff um, I, I, I sadly I feel like they're just going to lump them in a six fucking tag, six woman tag match or something yeah. like they do every week um, <laughs> yeah. Honestly, it's such a turnoff. Like at the moment, that's happening still. You know, um, despite how great the division is, and ha- the fact that there is such demand for this division now that they're trying to get everyone in. Um, that's the da- and downside is that we are still getting these tag matches and like mm. six women tag matches, and I feel like it might be something similar to what we saw at WrestleMania 32 when we had the five on five. I think. Yeah. Um, in the pre-show, I hope. Uh, well, I don't know. This is it. I don't think they'll do a cross-brand five-on-five. Five. I think I don't think the roster is deep enough on either side to have five different individuals per brand. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think a battle royal would be more exciting, but I'm not sure they would pull the trigger this soon. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like going forward they they should, you know. But um, right now, I don't think it will happen this year. No. No. Cool. I feel I feel like there's going to be at least four women's matches on. Mania this year, yeah. which is a very positive thing. Um, oh, definitely. So, um, I'm excited for that. Yeah. Going forward, anyway. Well, we go from what one tag match to to another. So we uh, SmackDown Live uh, Tag Team Championships, uh, the renewal of one of the best sort of tag team rivalries of recent history between uh, the Usos and the New Day. Um, I think we expected this match to be incredible and and obviously up until a certain point it was really good i think the way that because obviously i think how many matches was it four big matches they had last year it might have been three I'm not yeah sure. it might have been four yeah but obviously so the the kind of big question was how are they gonna sort of keep it fresh again and the they answered it in the best way by basically becoming each other by doing each other's moves and stuff which i thought was a a brilliant little touch. Um, I can't remember who it was, but somebody in our our wrestling group obviously said that it's good to see move swaps when they're done by good teams, which was really cool. Uh, so yeah, I thought that this obviously to be expected was going to be a, a really awesome match. Um, yeah. Obviously, I think even the start was really cool, like with a really hot sort of Usos coming out really hot with a super kick straight off the bat almost. Um, some, their super kicks are looking brutal at the moment as well. Like they just they seem yeah. to be c- connecting like clean under the jaw is brilliant. Um, yeah, I just, but obviously until we'll we'll get onto what happened towards the end of the moment. But up until that point, again, this this match was potentially a, a, sh- a show stealer. So what what did you think? Um, I yeah, I thought it was amazing up until. Um, well, I, it's it. We'll get to that in a sec. But um, um, yeah, mechanically, these two teams have a really good chemistry, and obviously, with the division where it is right now, I think it only made sense for them to kind of rekindle this rivalry. And because uh, I mean, they can only out, try and outperform each other as best they can, but they're just you know flawless teams at the moment on the SmackDown side. Um, I think Usos are possibly the most. Um, I 
wouldn't say underrated, but like they are probably the most um, consistent tag team WWE have ever had. Oh yeah, they've been there for like eight, well, almost I think ten years or something now. Mm. Um, and for them to be putting on and being this hungry still to put on such amazing matches, um, I, I, you know, it's it's baffling to, considering that we they don't aren't really put in that bracket more often and I feel like this tag run is the best they've ever been easily you know they're fantastic um, New Day again they've been one of the most consistent teams that have popped up in WWE in the past five years and I feel like yeah this this made sense going forward like this is where Smackdown should be right now I, I was concerned what are they going to do that they haven't done before you know at this yeah. point because they've, they've had like three four matches and both being Sorry, all those matches being like great matches as well. Um, yeah, I think this was a fun way to kind of put that spin on it with them kind of essentially just WWE 2K18 inserting each other's moves <laughs> yeah. each other's wrestling um, wrestlers. Sorry, but like yeah, I thought it was um, I thought it was fantastic, and um, I saw a lot of people kind of shitting on where it went with. So you know where what happened was. Uh, we what we had was the match was called off um, because of the interference of the the, the bludgeon brother. Yeah, well before been teasing for the. Oh, sorry, I was just gonna say before obviously we get into that. Obviously, yeah, yeah. But were you kind of surprised that that kind of happened at that point? Not really, to be honest. No. Okay. <laughs> no, like um, I, I knew they were teasing something. You know, they, it's been on TV the past few weeks like the the usos and the bludgeon brothers kind of crossing each other's paths on the ramp yeah interrupting promos and then like them smashing the monitor backstage and all this other stuff you know so i knew it was inevitable um maybe not on fast lane but i knew this was kind of coming you know I feel yeah like they've got a lot planned for bludgeon brothers and i i um i'm such a big fan of like luke harper I'm, oh same I, I want it i want it to succeed so bad um so, a lot of people kind of, sh- you know, I saw online were shitting on the fact they ruined the match. But yeah. I feel like I that didn't bother me. Like, we could, we're probably going to get this at Mania again, you know. But, like, um, uh, I think a lot of people <laughs> a bit, like, kind of push away to real heat tactics to get real heat these days. You yeah. Know? So, like, yeah, of course, what's the best way to get fucking hill team over ruining an amazing match yeah so um and i loved the beatdowns bit i i thought it was great i really enjoyed it i loved um i love seeing like kind of the dynamic they come up with with rowan and harper's moveset like specifically their tag team moves yeah for that got a really good showcase i think they just showcased them perfectly like what are you going to expect from the budget brothers just in this like 10 minute segment of them just beating down both tag teams and um yeah, I a lot of people hated it, but I, I thought it was great. I really enjoyed it. To be fair, um, like I, yeah. I'm on the same ilk. I like because, admittedly, as I said, was really enjoying the match. When they initially kind of came out, I was a bit like, oh really? But as soon as it, like they started sort of the beatdown, I was like, right, okay, I'm on board with this. And they they did they looked brutal, which was obviously the the whole point, as mentioned. Massive fan of Luke Harper. Uh, Rowan needs to get rid of that stupid pissing fucking sheep mask. I just, like, I just, 
I didn't even notice you still have that thing yeah yeah oh, she needs that's... to get rid of it but as their kind of tag moves together really enjoyed the kind of assisted body slam was it, if just the slightest thing just to force him down was was crazy and yeah I, I really enjoyed the the kind of beatdowns the way that it positioned them um, but Unfortunately for me, it was ruined by what happened at the end, because as soon as that uh, power, well, I'll discuss it. So, the uh, Rowan and Harper looked like they were leaving, and then Xavier Woods stupidly decided to grab hold of Luke Harper's ankle. They pick him up, decide to position some steel uh, steel steps, and uh, proceed to power bomb him onto the steps. Now, I don't know whether this is Xavier not tucking enough or it was just the pure force of it, but it looked really uncomfortable because it looked like the back of his head just ricocheted off the off the steps. And if, if I'm being worked here, then fair play, Xavier would. But that it did not look good because his body was convulsing and the camera kept... Because I think, obviously, at that time... All the announcers obviously didn't realise if it isn't it, it, this, the, a serious injury, then it wasn't yeah. obvious because so, somebody I got in a massive Twitter argument with someone about this, but um, somebody mentioned that the, the the officials didn't throw up the X's, which is a sign that okay, it is a bit of a work. Yeah. But again, like the fact that they kept the camera kept cutting back to him. And the way that he was breathing, just for me personally, didn't feel natural. It looked like his body had had gone into shock, and for like that that instantly kind of made me feel really uncomfortable, and it kind of soured the whole incident a little bit for me. Um, I don't know what, what what was your kind of opinion on that. I I think it might be a work. To be honest, I think I think the spot yeah looked um, uh, looked horrible. Uh, well, it looked, I mean, it got the job done, didn't it? I mean, yeah. It looked like they literally beat the shit out of someone, and I think that's what they were achieving. I think he took the bump a bit funny. Um, I think it might have been more the fault of the Bludgeon Brothers rather than Xavier. Yeah. Um, I think it might have been they just slightly overshot the landing, so that's why his head looked like it ricocheted more on the back of the step rather than, you know, um, the centre of it, anyway. Um, uh, they... Yeah, the X is, you know, is the biggest giveaway. The fact it's, um, or if it's a legit injury or not. If he was there, convulsing at ringside, they would simply would not show that. You know, they would yeah. avoid that at all costs. It's him just overselling. He's an amazing. He's good at overselling. Yeah. Um, I don't, I've seen they've announced on their website that he's injured, and I don't. I, I think it's a work. I just think it's a work. Yeah. But, um, I, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty certain it, it, the whole that whole thing was a work. Yeah, well, I'm I'm hoping it is, and it wasn't uh, yeah. a serious injury. But unfortunately for me personally, that kind of took me out of the next match, which was uh, Ruby Riot against uh, Charlotte Flair for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Um, purely because I was f- looking over Twitter and getting a, in an argument with people about whether Xavier was was seriously injured or not. But um, it was an okay match. I kind of get why. Uh, Ruby was kind of put in this position because 
it needed to set up what happened at the end because obviously no one else within the, the well sorry no one else everyone else within the Smackdown women's division has kind of had their their title shot sort of thing so um I think Ruby looked really good which which I'm, I've been a fan of hers for for ages I liked her when she was a in um, Chikara and her stuff at NXT so it was nice for for her to kind of actually show what what she can do because obviously a lot of what she's been doing at the moment has obviously been with with the other members of the Riot Squad um, I didn't like obviously the introduction of the Riot Squad was, was obviously going to happen but then for Becky and Naomi to turn up and then for all four of them to instantly basically get ejected for me seemed a bit pointless uh, it, it, yeah. it was just a bit unnecessary um but yeah overall like not the not the greatest match but not the worst either but so what did you think um i yeah i i have to agree i don't think it was like um you know anything great i i what i did in out of it well i think ruby's you can tell she's so enthusiastic of being in that spot mm. um and I feel like she performs really well in this match. I think they see a lot in Ruby, and I completely back it. I think she's probably the, one of the most underutilized talkers they have. She's oh, definitely amazing on the mic, uh, um, and I think she's athletically one of the best women they have on the SmackDown side as well. So, completely makes. I feel like this is a good rub, uh, especially on the road to WrestleMania for um, Ruby to be involved in this kind of feud going in I think they're doing the right thing with her right now um, I, I feel like there was a bit of you know the I guess the, the wrestling itself there wasn't as much connection as I would have liked like yeah. I felt like Charlotte was a bit flipping flopping all over the place when she was trying to sell and it wasn't that good um, I feel I feel like Charlotte was actually didn't perform as well as Ruby did in this no anyway. I, I agree maybe, with that maybe it's their chemistry together I don't know but um yeah, like so, there were spots like, you know, Ruby was punching, kicking away in the ring, and Charlotte Flair didn't look like she know which way to fall, hit, take the hit, and um, the spot where Ruby pushes um, Charlotte from the top rope into the barricade just looked a bit fake as fuck, you know. Mm. Um, but uh, I, I, I enjoyed it. I don't think it was a bad match. Um, I, I was quite happy to see Ruby kind of get the most out of it over Charlotte's. Um, yeah. So I'm glad. I think hopefully this means they're going to do something with her. Yeah, the um, the Becky Naomi Riot Squad thing was just a bit pointless. It didn't really. I guess they want to kind of put over the Riot Squad as a faction anyway, so they got to be there for some reason. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, I, I think it was a bit. That was all pointless. But yeah, um, as a match, it was okay. It was fine. You know. Yeah, and I think you hit the nail on the head. Obviously, Ruby kind of had the the better showing of this and there was a couple of bits where her offense and even sort of like her selling ability was really sort of spotlight shine upon it there was a bit where she did i don't even know how you describe it like basically used her knees to ram charlotte's head into the turnbuckle that looks really cool um and then there was a bit on the flip side where charlotte basically catapulted ruby into the top turnbuckle and she sold it like an absolute queen which was brilliant um but the one thing that like i kind of took away from this because obviously you've got the riot squad on on smackdown and then you've got absolution on 
uh, Raw, which are basically the two factions which are exactly the same, but on on different brands. But I was looking at, at Sarah Logan and Liv Morgan, and I thought that dynamic would be so much better if it was Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville with Ruby Riot. I, I don't know how you feel about that because obviously I know the whole situation with Paige, but just because I think Mandy and Sonya work really well as a duo, and then to have if to put them with Ruby would be perfect. Whereas the Riot Squad just kind of feel like three individuals who have been chucked together. Yeah, it's uh, creatively it was a bit of an you know it's literally the same week both of these teams turned yeah. up, wasn't it? Um, yeah, I think that would make sense. I mean, I think in the long run, um, uh, you know, putting them with Paige originally, they probably had bigger plans. Obviously, that's halted completely because of the um, Paige's you know sad injury that she's sustained now. Yeah. Um, so I'm not sure if. Know, it's hard to say what they could have done with that angle, but obviously they're trying to make the most of Absolution right now. I really like Sonya and Mandy as a team. Um, I don't know. I feel like you know, that, with Riot Squad, um, Sarah Logan and Liv Morgan, they feel like the most inexperienced um, yeah. kind of couple they have. I think obviously out of the four pe- women that have been brought up, they're they're all fairly inexperienced in NXT they never really got their shine or anything did they so, well I think Mandy only had like one sh- one TV showing and that was it yeah I mean Sonya as well she only did maybe like a handful of matches it just looked like there was no space for her on the card really so you know um, yeah it's, it's, it's hard to say like if they'll get any better and what they can sh- you know, here, um, it's hard to picture them as single stars right now. And yeah. So this probably makes sense anyway. Um, it, they're, they're pretty much, I think, the whole concept behind these two factions is let's give them the rub as much as possible, pretty much, from other other women in the roster. So, yeah. Um, I think hopefully it works out throughout the, next, the rest of the year. But when they decide to break at these teams, I think it's going to be it might be a bit of a struggle. But we might see some breakout stars from it. But yeah. like, yeah. Right now, they are all pretty inexperienced, I think. But um, yeah, it makes sense. Like Sonya Deville, Manny Rose, Ruby Wright, that would that would make sense. But, yeah. Well, yeah. obviously, at the end, uh, Charlotte retains with putting Ruby in the the figure eight, very quick sort of tap out. Um, and then we had the winner of the the women's Royal Rumble, Asuka, come out um, and make her intentions intentions known. So I think I don't know. A lot of people obviously assumed because obviously Asuka's on Raw that it was going to be Alexa, especially after it was made clear that Ronda wasn't getting a title shot. So for for me, this match makes perfect sense because it's the the two technically best women in all of WWE right now. So, but were you kind of surprised that this is the angle they've gone with? I was surprised. Um, I wasn't expecting it at all. So I, you know that. That made it makes sense. I think it's a matchup, you know, like um, Asuka and Charlotte. Like, yeah, the two two of the best like workers in that in the whole women's division across WWE. Um, and if you're going to book like a high caliber match at Mania, this makes sense, you know. 
um, uh, with it, and also it's also that outcome of like obviously they're going to tease like will Charlotte break the streak and maybe she will that's what's scary yeah like because she's the most decorated woman right now is Charlotte Flair um, are they going to let her drop the title is, is Asuka then going to Smackdown winning the title and or are they just going to let Asuka Street ends. It's, it's so many like questions coming out of it. So I think it's the, in terms of like possibilities and questions and stuff. Yeah, it's going to be the most exciting uh, match for mm. Asuka at Mania, and I think they'll put on a good show as well. Um, where the um, where the confusion was building into this was like, oh, Asuka never picked um, what. Um, you know, who she's going to compete for at Mania, and they kind of kept that quiet, haven't they? They yeah. never really spoke about it much, and everyone then just started assuming, um, well, it's going to be Alexa Bliss, Asuka. But, um, I don't know, I feel like, it, I think WWE just didn't know what the fuck they were going to do. I don't think it was like them trying to work us, I just, I think the reason why they weren't talking about it much is because they just didn't have any plans, yeah. or didn't know what they wanted to do. So, I think they've done the right thing, though. I feel like this will be a better match and that's no discredit to Alexa Bliss because I feel like she's um, one of the most talented women they have as well yeah um, I would have enjoyed that match either way but I feel like if you're really making a statement for WrestleMania Charlotte Asuka is the best way to go yeah oh, definitely and I think this kind of goes back to me mentioning Carmella having the, the Seth role is that I think th- there's potential like if to kind of protect Asuka that way in the Potentially, Asuka, uh, yeah. Asuka beats the shit out of Charlotte. Carmella comes running down, cashes in, and gets the win over over Charlotte, sort of thing. So that's that's my, what my kind of thinking is. But whether they'll kind of repeat history in in that aspect, I don't I don't know. But it's a <laughs> food for thought. <laughs> yeah, definitely. No, I haven't thought about that, but that that might be the way it goes. Yeah. Who knows? Um, well then we'll move swiftly on to our main event which was the I hate the name of this six pack challenge for the uh, WWE Championship um, and I really enjoyed this match I thought it was going to be a bit boring but I think it set up a lot of, of stuff for Mania it's, it was, but also just a, a general all round really good match um, the start with with John Cena AAing everyone was yeah. was quite entertaining to be honest. Um and I, I liked how they did that because obviously it left just him and AJ and it once again, even though everyone already knows, it gave AJ a solid sort of five minute kind of spot where he could just show, yep, yeah, I am oh, I am the best wrestler in this company sort of thing. Um, against like and I, I don't know why it is just him and Cena their chemistry is just spot on so was really happy about that um, everyone got a good show in even Big Baz which was which was nice to see um, obviously there's Ziggler again like someone who was basically out in the dark was put off some this I can't remember who it was that said it but somebody mentioned to me about like their view on Ziggler at the moment was that he was ready to go and quit, uh, but WWE basically just pulled him back in. So now he's 
deciding just to do what the hell he wants and it like for me if that's the case fair play because he's like okay he's not pulling off the best performances of his life but he's pulling out some kick-ass stuff like that elevated famous that he did on Cena was nuts that was amazing so good that didn't get the pop as it as much as it deserved in the in the crowd there no. like it was fucking amazing and everyone just went flat as soon as it finished it yeah was like, that was great <laughs> yeah um and obviously the the whole sammy owens shane fucking shane dynamic um I'm, I'm so glad he got his fucking head kicked that was so good <laughs> yeah, that was satisfying <laughs> Yeah. Um, but yeah, this I think this this match had elements of everything, which was which was really cool, um, and the, for me the finish worked really well as well. So we'll get into specifics a little bit in a minute. But what what did you think of of the match? I really enjoyed it. I um, yeah, I think a lot of criticisms was uh, maybe how it ended, but I think honestly, if this was like a showcase for every single superstar in this match. Like, you know, I feel like everyone got the rub. Oh, definitely! Like everyone, um, Baza, amazing! Oh my god, he did the like the most amazing deep save. Oh, it was so good! It was so. Good. It seemed he seemed to spin around like ten times. It was crazy. Yeah. Oh, it was so good. Um, Ziggler, I think was, was when he. The thing is with Ziggler, he's just great. He is really good, despite what everyone says about him having a lackluster career. Uh, he's just such a good performer. Yeah, um, and he he was. He was amazing. In it. Yeah, um, what you mentioned when how he's been pulled back in. I f- he's got like a massive money deal out of nowhere somehow from WWE. So um, his new contract's really big money. Oh, is so, it? I didn't know that. Yeah. No, apparently there was like rumors. He just he was gonna he was gonna go out the door, and then they just offered him like a silly amount of money to stay, and now he's staying. So um, I hope they do something with him and at least get their money's worth. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. he's got like. Surprisingly, one of the biggest money deals they got right now. So, Weird. Uh, so, uh, well, not as big as like Cena or like. Lesnar, yeah, yeah. But, like, yeah, as, as a full-time worker, he's, he's got um, he's doing well. Um, the, yeah, there's the Sammy, Kevin, like Shane stuff. Um, they obviously have been building towards something for a long time with this whole you know like feud, and it's it's probably going to end up being you know Shane. Sammy or Owens in some format at Mania. Yeah. Um, but like I, I'm, I'm, I love how Kevin Owens has been reacting to every time Shane just fucks him over. Yeah. You can see literally his blood boiling, and then he just fucking loses it every time. And then for that to happen again um, during this match, the fact Shane got involved and cost him literally the world title this time. Yeah. His, his reaction was amazing. I think Kevin. He's like no matter what they put in front of him, he just turns it into gold. Oh, um, definitely. Um, so yeah, I'm. Even though that on card, you feel like on the sorry, like on the WrestleMania card, this is going to be a distraction between Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, one on one, maybe a Mania. I still feel like this might be good because I feel like the story's actually been told well. It might be frustrating; it's been going on forever, but I don't think it's going to be shit, shit. I, I mean, everyone would prefer Sammy, maybe Kevin one and one, but yeah. I feel like this is a good story going on. I don't think it's a bad story. Um, so I was what they want to do with that anyway. But I mean, Cena, you know, again, he, he's. I think he was great in this match. You know, really getting a good showcase of like straight out the gates with the like a million AA. <laughs> yeah. um, 
and that was great. Um, Styles having that, um, like that kind of five minutes early on where he just was laying waste to everyone, just proving he's like one of the best wrestlers in the world. Yeah, yeah. I think again, this just felt like a massive showcase for like all the top stars in SmackDown, and it was great. Yeah, oh, I completely agree. Like, I think yeah. as, as you say, everyone like nobody came out of this looking bad. Obviously, you mentioned the the crazy deep six from from Corbin. Um, there was like an ele- like it just remind me as well like from Ziggler there was like an elevated like zigzag on onto Corbin as well which was was yeah. really cool because obviously how tall Corbin is in comparison. Um, there was a bit where I was just like looking through my notes while you were talking that I remember that um, I can't remember what happened prior to it but Ev- uh, Owens was was hung up on the top rope and everyone seemed to like get their sort of like bit in whilst. KO was still sort of sat up on the on the top turnbuckle, and the ca- it was really good camera work because you had all this stuff on the hard cam, and then all of a sudden it cut and the camera was on the turnbuckle where uh, Owens was, and I th- it might have been Cena that was on the on the floor, but you just saw Owens just fly out of nowhere with a frog splash, uh, frog splash, sorry. Yeah. But it but it was just like perfect camera work. It looked really cool because obviously I yeah, I thought the match was over and then literally great. That's a really good production. Yeah, and like the thing like the thing is that the obviously the even though the commentators are sat there watching it in the ring, they're obviously seeing it through the monitors. What we see as well, and Tom Phillips actually sold that really well because he was like, "Where did Owens come from?" So that was <laughs> that was really cool. Um, but yeah, just like. Even the the bits on the outside, which are obviously sometimes just kind of scrappy to get like certain people out of the way for a minute, were really good. Like obviously, the the AA through AJ, uh, sorry, to AJ through the table was perfect, and obviously yeah. it that then meant that AJ was basically out for the rest of the match until the finish, which I thought was genius. Um. This, the stuff with Ke- uh, Kevin and Sammy as well. I thought obviously, the the bit where he laid down, I thought was genius. I think, yeah. I don't think Owens needed to kind of go to pick him up. I think if Sammy had just gone straight into the roll up, that would have been better. But it was still really good. Um, I could watch them two fight forever. Um, likewise, what you were saying with with Owens, kind of his blood boiling with with um Shane when Sam, uh, when Shane pulled Sammy off I thought Sammy's reaction was golden yeah. um because obviously like instantly afterwards I can't remember who I think it was Dolph like, obviously nearly got got the win because he kind of crawled over but just the the look on Sammy the shock on Sammy's face that Shane had not only screwed over Kevin but had screwed him over as well of of winning the world championship was brilliant, um, and then the the final sort of flurry. Everyone again was involved in that kind of last sort of two three minute ending, which I thought was perfect because again, as I mentioned, AJ was out of the match, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, massive AA, and and gets was it on Cena the win? I can't remember. Uh, now. It was on Kevin, I think. Yeah, I think you're right. I can't remember. Yeah. But yeah, I thought it was. I I really enjoyed that ending. I don't get why people were 
were critical of it. But yeah, I, I really enjoyed this match. It had the the main year implications that it needed to, and it was just, just a load of fun. Yeah, no, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I mean, everyone's criticism would be the, how quick the ending happened, but I honestly feel like it was fine. You know, I, I really enjoyed the uh, the whole match as a whole. Um, it was, yeah, a f- fantastic, I thought. Really, yeah. really good. Well, obviously, we now know that AJ and Nakamura is officially happening. That Not that there was <laughs> any kind of doubt in it anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. It seems Sammy... Kevin and Shane in some shape or form will be be another match. Um, Dolph, Corbin, who knows where, where they're kind of going to be. But the, yeah. it's weird to kind of say this, but the big question is, big match John, like what's, what is his his place in Mania going to be? Like, like There's rumours that it's going to be Taker, but I, I really don't want to see that. Um, but where, what do you think's in store for him at, at Mania? Well, I, I would have liked to see seen um, John Cena versus Undertaker maybe like three or four years oh, ago. Oh yeah, totally, um, but, but not now. But not, not, <laughs> I just, I'm, I'm happy. Undertaker's. I mean, it might well happen. Um, I think realistically, maybe something like um, maybe like John Cena and um, uh, fucking uh, Braun Strowman or something like that. I was know? just thinking that. Yeah, I think that'll be good, and it, I mean, Cena always ends up winning a Mania, but I think like send you know you don't necessarily have to send this home. Uh, sorry, the fans home happy. Like I feel like with with that match in particular, I feel like Braun does need the rub right now, considering last Mania he was in the Andre the Giant uh, Battle Royal, which mm. he didn't even win that. And I feel like just, you know how they built Braun past year he's been the, I, literally the most exciting for me um, exciting thing for me on r- the raw side yeah. of the spectrum um, I, I feel like they need to give him this big match at Mania so considering sort of nothing booked I feel like maybe Braun might be a good show there was the rumour mill was going about Elias maybe okay. Elias, which I wouldn't mind I no I wouldn't yeah. show. I, I think the casuals would love it um I'm not sure, um, but then I've, yeah, that, that's the criticism. It's not like a big match for big match John, really. It's, yeah, yeah. He would he would just win and go home. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I don't know. I don't know what the most interesting angle for Cena right now going into Mania is, and I think that is part of the story that they're trying to tell right now. So I feel like we might be being worked this second about yeah. what the fuck is John Cena going to do. But I think maybe Braun. I think Braun would be my pick anyway. Cool. Well, that was that was fast lane. Um, as always, before we we sign off, I'll ask you what your your highlight of it was. And um, as always, I'll I'll kind of go first. And and weirdly enough, we're gonna go with, with Big Match John. I really enjoyed his his flurry of of AAs at the beginning of the the main event. But then, coincidentally, when he got his comeuppance, when everyone sort of surrounded him on on the apron and, and his look of oh shit what have i done i thought that was uh, a really nice little touch so yeah weirdly for me to say but big match john was my my highlight of fast lane what what about yeah. yours cal um mine isn't a moment but it's, it's a it is i've just gone from my internet history and it is um express.co.uk Okay. Or advertising the pay per view starting at one a.m. <laughs> which I 
which it didn't. So yeah, that's um, it could be a WWE press release blunder, but Express got my uh, moment of the night pretty much. There you so go. There Perfect. Callan, as always, thank you for joining me. And next time will be the grandest stage of them all. It will be WrestleMania. Yes, I'm very excited. Perfect. Thank you very much, mate. Take it easy. No worries. Catch you soon, mate. See ya. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. So there we have it, folks. A uh, massive thank you again to Callan for joining me, especially rushing home from work to take the time out to to chat to me for about an hour, a little over an hour, about WWE Fastlane. Um, as we mentioned, kind of exceeded expectations. Some of the matches were a bit meh, but other parts, especially sort of the build to towards WrestleMania, were really enjoyable. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm starting to get that buzz now for, for when WrestleMania happens. Uh, which is in about 27 days, I think. So, yeah, looking really looking forward to that, even though it will be five hours nearly, which is insane for a wrestling event. Um, but, yeah, uh, next week we will be joined by Esme Baker, a vocalist of the band Screech Bats. Um, so I'm really looking forward to you guys hearing that one. It was a really cool little chat. Um, but, yeah, that's I'm going to, again, really quick outro for you guys, so aren't you lucky? But um, yeah, thank you again for joining me on the Justin Insight podcast, and I will see you soon. Mm-hmm.